The Angler Podcast is brought to you by MTV's RuPaul's Drag Race, nominated for seven Emmy Awards, including Outstanding Host for a Reality or Competition Program and Outstanding Reality Competition Program. The Daily Beast declares RuPaul's Drag Race matters now more than ever, and Esquire is calling the Emmy-nominated season an enduring national phenomenon. Don't miss the historic phenomenon and stream the Emmy-nominated season of RuPaul's Drag Race at MTV.com and on Paramount+. Plus. Welcome to the Ankler Podcast. This is Sean McNulty from the Wake Up Newsletter, recording here on Thursday, August 17th in New York City. Joined, of course, by Elaine Lowe and Richard Rushfield in Los Angeles. Uh, Richard, what are you going to do with your extra $2 that you got back in your $10 Sounder Freedom marketing investment? Are you going <laughs> to spend that off in one place or what's going on? Maybe I'll, maybe I'll dumble down and uh, put money oh. in advance in the Sounder Freedom 2 oh. <laughs> uh, GoFundMe. Bring it up to $4. Hey, listen, double your money, Richard. It's uh, you know, so this is Angel Angel Studios returning uh, twenty cents on the dollar to everybody who uh, essentially donated or invested a dollar to help the to get the word out about Sound of Freedom. You call it twenty cents on the dollar. I call it they got a, they saw a hundred twenty percent return. So the the marketing budget was five million. So essentially, they're laying out six million. So that's you know, that's really very generous. So that hundred million plus, but you know. Times are tight in Hollywood, Richard. What are you going to do? Uh, Elaine, are your galoshes ready? Are you guys getting a hurricane? Uh, what's I'm a little concerned. Are you guys, is there a concern about this going on? What's what's up for the, is there Charlie, striking? This in a, in is hurricane? news to me. It's been like 100 degrees out. Oh, you didn't know you have a hurricane. We have a hurricane coming towards us, Elaine. Oh, my. Oh, well, oh, well. that's what I'm, I get I'm... for having my head down in strike news all week. Yeah. <laughs> put your, tell, tell your picket lines to take cover and Sunday uh, yeah. afternoon. Um, a a little bit of hurricane will come through here. Monday striking. In my 15 they, uh, years in LA, I think I've checked the weather like three times. Yeah. So well, this has only <laughs> happened twice in the last hundred years. So this will be the second time in a hundred years. Wow. There you go. Richard, I, I kind of do picture you in like the the uh Gordon's fisherman outfit with like the ye- yellow poncho. <laughs> I see that being part of your I wardrobe. I mean, is that am I wrong on that? I don't know. I'm 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 building my ark in, in front of my house and, <laughs> and waiting to uh sail away from all as all you sink below the waves. Noah's Noah's Ark style. Um all right. So well speaking of the strike here, Lane, let's start as always. Uh it seems to be some things going on. There's some any trust uh, note that went out. Uh just get us up to speed if you would here as we are on a Thursday afternoon of, of this week here in uh late-ish August. Yeah, so three plus months into the writer strike, one plus month into the SAG strike, uh, we've got some movement happening. The WGA and the AMPDP have met three times this week, which is wow. three more times than they've met pretty much over the last three months. Uh, so that's something. So we're seeing movement there. Uh, and the Guild, yeah, put out this note today, this report on uh, antitrust. And uh, b- basically their recommendation is to block further consolidation because they see Disney, Netflix, and Amazon as being the, the quote-unquote new gatekeepers in the industry. We've all seen the the incredible consolidation and the vertical integration over the last five to ten years. And, Lynn, why, uh, why did they pick those three? Yeah, I was going to say, a, do ABC, U, Paramount, Warner Brothers, Lionsgate feel left out? Or, or, uh, Apple? Or, or Apple, for that matter? Disney, because of its acquisitions 
quote unquote, using its power to reduce film output, shut down competing studios, foreclose independent content from its distribution networks, expand control of the labor market and force creators to give up financial participation and future licensing revenue. So that's their beef with Disney. Uh, with Amazon, yeah. it's because of, you know, the, the essentially uh, as a tech company, um, you know, having Amazon Studios and acquiring that kind of footprint over the last few years. Although arguably, I think Amazon out of all the streamers, I'm not sure has the the greatest uh, new tech footprint. Uh, mm. And then Netflix, because as the largest dominant streaming service, uh, they say is abusing its leverage as an employer, essentially, and uh, and raising prices for consumers and cutting out independent producers. So that's their concern with those three. And and the others have been fine. So they, yeah, they don't get uh, gatekeeper status. I guess not. Uh, I haven't read the, I haven't read the actual report. So I'm just, being uh sniping sniping unread so yes exactly interesting choices but uh this is part of you wrote a little bit about this today richard it's it's the back and forth time where you know kind of a quote you had in there is you know it's it's the way of negotiations that you say the hardest parts till the end and you know that where the tempers can get more inflamed you know as you get closer uh, in a sense richard yeah it will and it will seem uh right an inch from the finish line like this is impossible and it can't be breached and they're too far apart and they hate each other and they'll never talk. And it's in the interest of both sides to make this look like it's going down as hard as possible. And, but that said, after, after months of, uh, of sort of stony silence, the studio heads have really put it out that they want to come to a, an ending here and they want to figure something out. So I, it's, it's really hard for me to picture them walking away at this point and just say, well, Check back in six months and see how things uh, things are after having gone out there talking about their union parents and all that. Uh, it seems like this is the road to the finale. Yeah, this would be a bad look. I mean, presumably they are back at the table, Elaine, as you're saying, and uh, mm -hmm. they are talking here, at least with the, with the WGA, at least, um, you know, if they're back on you know, a Q3 earnings call at the end of October and nothing, and they're still not anywhere near into something or something's collapsed and they're, you know, yeah, they're not talking to well. each other again. That would not go over well. So you have that, you know, not that that's real reassurance to talent who's not getting paid or isn't striking right now. Uh, October still a ways away, but uh, yes, there does seem to be a more of a motivation here. We've hit a hundred days. Uh, the studios know that Wall Street has noticed. They've it's been talked about. You know, maybe the not so much in the stock price afterward. The the takeaways weren't maybe what the the town was hoping, but it's been it's it's on the radar. We've all seen the cash flow numbers, which were delaying generally fine, but not like oh my god. Apparently, mm -hmm. the studios weren't planning on producing as much anyway these days. Uh, whatever major could have been forced is, has been forced at this point, Elaine. It's, it's time to get down to business. That that, that, that all kind of comes together. I mean, a narrative. Of, what yeah, do you think but about? you're right. If this drags on into next quarter's earnings, then it feels like there's trouble, right? In terms of the added yeah, you can't pressure. Run your because business. They, right. They've, they've largely managed to escape a lot of the labor talk for you know however many quarters, even when the writer strike was just beginning. And this is the first quarter, this most recent quarter, that they've really had to address it in any form or fashion. But the pressure is going to be on if come next quarter's earnings, they still haven't resolved this. And you've already got Wall Street keeping a very close eye on this. And also yeah. just this talk of antitrust agencies and, you know, the great interview that Richard and Janice did with FTC chair Lena Khan this week, right. uh, you know, where essentially we, we see that the FTC is keeping an eye on the strikes. And, you know, she says, from what I've been hearing, something's broken in the market. Like these are these are not reassuring words for major conglomerates to hear. I think just beyond that, like if you're 
you know, maybe this maybe this do it does wonders for EBITDA and cash flow is 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 like a torrent. You know, you're right. you're a CEO and you've got to go out in public and you've got to go to dinner parties, you've got to meet people all the time and say what you're doing with your life and do it. You you can't say, oh, it's going great. Once we stop making things, our right. our, our company is like some point you've got to be talking about what you're doing, not just the things that you're not doing. And uh that story gets it, it it may help in the short term. That's 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 not a great story for the look of your company. It's a shame that it's taken this point to get to this point, so to speak. Um, but there is hope, I guess, Elaine, on the horizon. Are you, were you out this week on the lines or what, you know, what's kind of the Yeah, I was out a, a couple times this week, hit up Disney, Warner Brothers. Considering it was like 97 out at some points oh, wow. this okay. week, uh, yeah. there was uh, still a lot of movement on the picket lines and the energy is still up. I got to say, like we're heading closer toward Labor Day, but there are a couple, I think, of press reports that have come out lately that the writers believe are mostly studio leaks that have, in fact, wound up energizing the base and the oh. folks who are on the picket lines. And I, yeah, I don't think they're ready to to let up. Everybody I talk to out there just says they're they're ready to keep on keeping on as long as they have to. Right. And uh, if they're saying that in 97 degree weather in mid August, more than three months into a strike, you know what? I believe them. Yeah, I, I just want to say it in terms of the writers thinking things are studio leaks. I'm extremely positive about the uh, the writers go goal. Uh, goals. I I have mixed feelings about their tactics, and I've expressed that over time. You get a lot of emails from people in the Writers Guild saying, "No one in the Writers Guild believes this. You said this thing, and no one does it. Thus far, you are you you are in the pay of David Zaslov." And you know, you just want to say sometimes, "You have you talked to everyone in the Writers Guild?" Because I'm not I'm not I'm not making it up when I say that people are saying this, and I try not to write that about stuff about the news about the mood because. You know, if, if I talk to 10 people who say something, I don't know if that's, you know, a millionth of 1% or this is representative of something larger. So I don't, I don't want to, but uh, if you hear 10 people that, that say something, it's uh, certainly seen a lot of, a lot of articles about, uh, about the strike on the other side that, that quote a lot less than 10 people there. A lot, a lot of the folks on the, on the guild side are quick to use that studio shills line. And uh, I don't, I don't think it helps their side. And you're yeah. alluding to as well the yeah the incendiary the, story this week on staffing <laughs> minimums and room size, uh, which hit a nerve with a lot of writers. Yeah. The number of people who feel that way is not zero. It might be it's only not 10, zero. It might be only ten people, which is not a significant percentage. But I have heard from more than zero people who agree with that. Yeah, and to recap for anybody who hasn't been spending all day on Twitter. Essentially, there was a story out this week uh, quoting a couple of showrunners who say that they disagree with the stance of the Guild on on needing staffing minimums, uh, needing sort of minimum room sizes, which is one of the the key, uh, you know, sticking points for the Guild. It it really rubbed a lot of writers the wrong way uh, because of the framing of it. And and yeah, I, my sense, having talked to a lot of showrunners and writers, is is that it is the m- not the majority opinion, right? That there shouldn't be quotas, but there uh, definitely is a contingency out there that feels that way. Yeah. 
uh, well, once the hurricane passes, Elaine, you'll be back out there next week, I presume, or what's uh, what's the plan for next week for you? The figurative hurricane or the uh, the literal one or both? <laughs> <laughs> Whichever one you want to cut, the one that AI has conjured up, Elaine, so who knows if that's real. <laughs> you would love to hear from more folks if they have more thoughts I on would. this, I'm sure. I would love to hear from showrunners. I would love to hear from writers. I'd like to hear how you all feel on just about every issue out there. Uh, but especially like room sides as this that becomes sort of a heated topic this week. So I'm at Elaine at the angler dot com if you want to chat and they can find you on Twitter at at Elaine Lowe. All one word. No punctuation. There you go. Uh, and of course, you get uh, Elaine's daily missive uh, from the Strike Guys newsletter. You can sign up for free over there at strikegeist.com with all of the latest every day. Otherwise, uh, earnings season is over. Richard, I know you're heartbroken. Now, what are you going to do with your time? Um, uh, you know, you, you're doing okay over there. You want to be rewatching the, the calls over and over. You're going to replay them on your going to have car. to wait another three months to hear a great quarter, guys. <laughs> you know, the, it's, it's, on the, it's on the fourth uh, listen, listen that you really pick up the subtleties. The and, nuances in there. Yeah. The, uh, <laughs> yeah, so. <laughs> the impetus shines. But, you know, and Elaine, I'm curious to your thoughts on this, but, you know, as much as uh, talent, uh, both actors and writers seem to need a new payment model, a new business model, I think Hollywood needs a new business model, you know, maybe except for the theme park business, which I think is what we should all be going into, because that seems to be the only business that's throwing off increasing it's amounts the of cash, cash here. Cow, right? <laughs> I mean, that's humming along like, hey, gangbusters, man, you should guys, you know, as much as snapchat's a camera company i'm like uh nbc universal a theme park company i think you know maybe a nice <laughs> repositioning of how they should do they it have, i may be wrong but i think they have five of them they're building right now nbc universal or the nbc or, universal yeah they yeah. have a lot yeah, they're a lot of cap what they call capex uh a lot yeah. of money into building out newer uh, around, newer parks around the around the world i think they have one in texas too um the theory of building more sort of mid-sized parks that they yes. can build yep a lot, a lot more of them and a lot uh, that just service re- regions, regional uh, areas. Yep, exactly right. Yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting strategy. But uh, cable bundle ain't getting any better, which is the core business of the entertainment divisions of all these companies. Uh, you know, cord cutting losses were anywhere from six to eight percent in a year uh, to revenue. I broke down as a as a case study Fox News because they reported their their annual report their their fiscal year ended and they updated their subscriber numbers and you know they've lost 11 million households in 3 years here's a thought yeah. experiment for you Sean I, yeah I was, please earlier this week I, I i did a little long thought experiment about is it the one about satan is yeah, it about satan, satan thought experiment richard <laughs> okay it's checking but but what in in an alternate universe netflix came along what if all the studios didn't follow that netflix and mm-hmm. maybe then amazon came and they were the only streaming businesses. What would have happened to cord cutting in that scenario? I mean, I don't think the world would have rushed to end their their cable sub- subscriptions in the same way if it just been like, oh, I, I have Netflix. What do I need anything else for? I mean, there's also the question that, that I don't know that anybody can really put an answer on of the rise of TikTok happened in the past three or four years, you know, the, how people, YouTube's, you know, uh, viewership has increased. So it's not just you know, those streamers that are taking, they're, you know, competing for attention, which so, so there is that element to it. So, so if we say they, it was just the two of them, what, what percent would the, the cord cutting have been cut right. by half? I mean, bills are still going up. Like the, it's, you know, it's not just because people want to watch streaming is because the cable bundle has become such a steaming pile of turd that, uh, in theory, they could, they could have, they could have addressed that. If oh, they I, I agree. And I actually, and Richard, I have a, uh, an idea that I'm going to be putting out this month on that as well, about how they can turn that around. But at this point, 
you know, those costs and other things that they're making up and they're adding those affiliate fees and asking for more money, that wouldn't have changed. I don't care if they were having streaming losses or not. Like that's just the nature of these companies. They're going to, you know, want to take as much money as they can. So it's a good question, Richard. You know, they had years to get together to do this kind of, you know, Jeff Bucus was pushing this TV everywhere. We got to band together and, you know, provide a streaming alternative, you know, not D to C, but just a component where, you want to watch this stuff on your, you know, your T on your TV, on your phone, your tablet. We have to make it available for that. They never could. They just always were never incentivized. Richard, they shockingly never got their act together on it to make it a viable product. The verification process was a huge pain in the butt. I'm sure everybody can remember having to sign in for your login for this network. What's my login? What's my email? And they, you know, they never unified that Richard. So they, yeah, you know, and we talk about the, the impact they're absorbing of, of cord cut of cord cutting, like, it's something like it's like Dutch Elm disease. It's just something that came in and, and you're going to have to find your way out of it. But, right. you know, this is another thing that was at the very least uh, highly accelerated by some uh, some choices yes. that were yes. made here. Oh, 100 percent. There's definitely a role played here by the companies. As you know, I wrote a piece back in May. You know, they killed the golden goose. It's like you didn't get your act together and you didn't have a plan to transfer over. The plan clearly is not working for most people. They're losing $500 million. Peacock and Paramount Plus have not said when they're even going to be, be get to even break even. But, you know, a, a business model without a profit plan to me is always a little suspect. Uh, and this is not the time to have one. So to say that to victimize them, Richard, would be a miscategorization, a miscategorization by far saying that this was done to the studios or this is like, no, this is that's not the narrative that 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 took place here. And you could have done other things. I mean, that was what Hulu was originally. That was, you know, them banding together to create this service that would be the home for all of their quote unquote network content, if you will. They, I loved Hulu when it was a next day do. service. They, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that I was mean, great. Why is Hulu? Hulu is still the outside of Netflix, the biggest, you know, domestic streaming product. I mean, maybe, maybe Max is caught up a little bit. We don't know exactly there, but people still love Hulu. And it's, a, you know, probably the biggest. They have the greatest amount of ad revenue. They have the biggest amount of probably brand recognition, you know. And, and now fast is, forward to now, and uh, what did Nielsen say this week? Broadcasting cable TV uh, accounts for less than half of total yeah. TV viewing in the U.S. I mean, now, and streaming services on, are nearly 40%. That's where we're at. Yes, yes. The, the shifting is going on, although, you know, if you want to look at what's on linear television in July, be my guest, because uh, I actually, <laughs> which I do. Uh, so it wasn't like, oh, there were so many great things on that people weren't watching. It's like, there's nothing on there. Of course, people were watching mm -hmm. more streaming, you know. But that all to say, the TV business, uh, you know, needs a new business model because, uh, you know, raising prices on affiliate fees is not going to be a way to growth by any means. You know, the only business that's working in Hollywood, ironically, is the business that everybody was wrote off for dead two years ago, which is the movie business. It seems like this is the only one that's still, you know what, you got some hits, said Richard, you know, the business of hits, you get hits and misses. But on the whole, you had some huge successes. Barbie's going to net, you know, probably close to a you know a billion dollars for Warner Brothers in the end here. You had Super Mario, you had Insidious, you had Oppenheimer, even Elemental has reached into the profit land. Uh, without, if you exclu exclude the marketing costs, so I believe I told you all. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna, you, that's I, that's I, in two I, weeks, I, both of you. By the way, that's our our, <laughs> our rendezvous with uh, our, our our previous selves comes in about comes Labor Day weekend. So be warned about that about what we all thought we said at the start of the summer. But the one thing, you know, we sit here in the, on the cusp of fall film festival season and one market is still DOA Richard. And that's independent film. I mean, that you, I can't say I, I really could give you many examples of 
a rebound. I mean, uh, A24's Talk to Me is a big hit, but that's, you know, a horror movie genre, which is, has been strong. But Theater Camp is stalling out around three, three, three million, three point five million. Bo is Afraid lost many millions this summer. You had the Julia Louis-Dreyfus movie at five million. Except for that one independent movie that made one hundred seventy million dollars. <laughs> right, yeah. exactly. The the one that you donated to, yeah, Sound of yeah. Freedom, of course, the indie hit of the summer, Sound of Freedom, exactly. Um, but it's it's. Uh, I mean, I think the strike is uh, that sector. It was it was it was challenged to start with, but the right. strike has uh, really taken made it uh, impossible there because the the whole indie model is about you get these stars to work for cheap or work for lower pays, and 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 you you can push the film on their back, and and now the stars can't can't promote them and i theater camp i believe it it went wide the week that the strike started um so the stars it, it was doing very well on a limited number of screens and then it right, their expansion just, their expansion uh got hit by that yeah for sure hit a wall because the, the the people involved including uh ben platt there were not were not able to promote it and that's it, when you have a film that's dependent on uh, on publicity and sell that doesn't just automatically sell itself. That's really crippling. Yeah. But a lot of films also shot things, you know, ahead of the strike and banked it and things like that. But, uh, but the daily social media presence for sure, Richard, they couldn't go out and do a, a PA tour, you know, as this film was expanding things like that, you know, for sure, which can play a big role in, you know, in the, in the success of those films. But, mm-hmm. and most recently, uh, you know, Randall Park had a film called shortcomings, which is very well reviewed and just, you know, for Sony pictures classics. And that's a film that, to a T would need that kind of help, Richard. And it's just like, you know, you feel bad in a sense about it, but. And, and, we, and Burroughs, you get, you have a lot of these specialty screens have shut down across America. And, and yeah, that, that's true. In West LA, the home of movie executives, there is no independent theater uh, to wow. a couple of very small ones that, but uh, there's no place really to launch, launch a, uh, a smaller indie film, except going to the AMC or, uh, the the big theaters so it's uh very dire yeah and uh you'll be off to tiff in a few weeks right richard i am going to see uh what's happening in toronto oh, oh canada uh, okay. they'll let, let you they'll let you back in richard. yeah uh, we'll, we'll see i think i i think i left my uh phone up there last time so maybe <laughs> is that it? pick it up yeah. Don't forget your Barbie hat, Richard, you have, or, or whatever the fall. You need a Dune hat now, I think. We got to think ahead here. A Wonka, a Wonka hat. That would be good for you. One of those big top hats, a Wonka. They would put Warner yeah. Brothers. Send Richard a Wonka hat if you want some free promo at, uh, at TIFF. Absolutely. And uh, by the way, if there's any uh, Ankler readers that are going to be up there in Toronto, uh, drop me a line at Richard at Ankler.com. Would love to love to see you up there. And uh, speaking of hats, they're maybe, maybe carrying around something in my bag. I love a little bit of a official ankler hats, eh? A little bit of swag. Everybody's got a got the new fancy hats there. You know, we have uh, you know Venice kicking off in two weeks. You've got Telluride in two weeks, and you know these major films that I'm I'm really kind of curious to see what this is all like because these are all red carpet driven events. The the content, if you will, that comes out of these things is a you get the reviews that come out, but b it's you know the carpets are a big component, and you have uh, I've been told there's going to be a lot of filmmaker dinners. Which are uh, not right. The, the directors can go right. Yeah, exactly. Not quite the uh, the clickbait of uh, <laughs> of uh, Harry Styles on the red carpet like he was last year. So yeah, and one of the directors, you know, Bradley Cooper is not going. So and he has yeah. probably the biggest film, uh, arguably the biggest film premiering in Venice. That's uh, with Maestro at, at Netflix. But you've also got 
I mean, the killer with you know David Fincher may or may not go, but you don't have Michael Fassbender, Tilda Swinton, uh, a movie called Memory with Jessica Chastain and Sarsgaard. You've got a uh, film called Origin with um, Anjani Ellis and Vera Farmiga. You know, uh, Poor Things from Searchlight is going to be their end at New York. I mean, I think at TIFF as well. And that's Emma Stone, you know, and Mark Ruffalo. You know, there will be yeah. the Talking Heads reunion, which. Uh, uh, yes, that's yes, uh, the A24s uh, putting out the restored 4k version of um stop making sense uh, that's coming out in uh, i think mid-september and the talking heads will be together for the first time in 20 years on stage uh okay so you get the you get the musicians going but uh then the venice will definitely be a different feel tiff you don't think the sag strike is going to be ended by you know september 8th or whatever it is at this point so that'll be interesting and then you have a uh, new york fest film festival starting september 29th which may have a ray of hope but um we shall see how that that all goes down. So this weekend we have uh, Stray Beetle, Blue Strays. Which one are we going with, Elaine? I didn't know which hashtag uh, was the David Gore one here. You know, I'm going to piggyback off of Richard's optimism about Strays since it's so well reviewed. Oh, okay. All right. Actually, Blue Beetle got a lot of good reviews as well. Yeah, they both. They're both. Uh, they're they're both doing well. And I think Strays will ultimately, I stand by my prediction, do very well on word of mouth because I know pe- people have seen the screenings have been ecstatic. Uh, already but uh they have the problem of they have two stars uh will ferrell and jamie fox who their faces aren't in the movie because they're voicing dogs and now can't can't show up to promote it so uh so it's a a marketing challenge there yeah and this kind of kicks off the official era of essentially promotionless campaigns this is really everything uh on out here is going to be on ad buys Gran Turismo next week, which they're doing. They've been doing the test, the, the, the sneak screenings to, to try and get the word of mouth going on that. Equalizers after that, which uh, you know, Denzel doesn't do a lot of press anyway. Then The Nun 2, which is a horror film. and uh, But then, you know, starting mid-September, you've got some real movies uh, that need that star push, Richard, that you've been talking about. Uh, Dumb Money, the huge, they're, they're going to be a tip as well uh, with Paul Dano and Seth Rogen and a big cast there from Sony. That's the GameStop movie, uh, A Murder in Venice, which Kenneth Branagh, Tina Fey, Michelle Yeoh, Jamie Dornan, you know, is a star-driven, you know, Agatha Christie movie. And you've got, you know, the creator with uh, John David Washington and, uh, you know, and then you have Killers of the Flower Moon, which is coming out limited October 6th. And as you know, anybody in the business knows that campaign is being started now. And if, if you can't have any of those guys out there outside of Scorsese, you know, that's a big challenge to launch a major campaign like that, which. Richard actually said is going to go on the backs of those stars. That's not going to be, that's how you're going to sell that film. Right. I mean, I think the budget was, was 200 million on that. Yeah. Um, it's a Apple film that, coming out through Paramount, but yep. And that's entirely uh, a star driven thing. I, I can't imagine how you can, how you can premiere that without, without the stars involved. Yeah. I, I, feel, I feel like they'll have to push that back if, uh, if, if they don't have them. Yeah. Fortunately, so, Apple, can, Apple can afford it though. <laughs> I'm not worried about the film's finance here, Richard. No, that's not not where my uh, my concern lies. But but Richard, you, also, you, can I just say dumb money? Like, wow, doesn't GameStop feel like it was a million years ago? All of that. <laughs> and how many? More I mean, projects? I'll watch it, but it looks <laughs> great. It feels tr- like it was a million years ago. I mean, yeah, I'll, I'll watch anything great. that's like based on a on a on a Michael Lewis or Ben Mesrick's book. Sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm definitely in for it. But yeah, no, exactly. And how many projects were announced out of that that actually you know, that we probably I like can't half even a remember, dozen. Remember, I don't know how many of them have out. actually surfaced. Yeah. The, 
the Blackberry one is very funny. If you, uh, oh, the Blackberry uh, movie from the, IFC, the, yeah, the sure. I heard that was good. But no, I'm 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 excited to see it. But I'm curious to see how they at least they have the games. The phenomenon can promote the movie Elaine, perhaps uh, if the talent can't. But uh, that's definitely a big challenge for Sony. Um, and they actually just changed that to a platform release as well, as opposed to a wide, a wide and done. Perhaps to round out here, here today, no more fitting analogy than uh, the boarded up former <laughs> iconic landmark that most uh, or many studio executives drive by every day is sitting there on sunset. The New York Times wrote about the the fate of the ArcLight. It's it's been shut down for I think a little over two years now. It's the and Cinerama it, Dome, yes, right, Richard? Yes, the Cinerama Dome, which was taken over by the ArcLight Company and then opened up uh, uh, a larger theater attached attached to it. But the the dome itself is this iconic, alongside the Chinese and maybe the Village Westwood, um, one of the iconic theaters of the city that makes movies. Um, and and it's it's it was a, a beautiful place to see movies. I think it's just been sitting there abandoned for uh for over two years now and um sort of wrote about what 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 kind of industry is this that just lets one of its premier showcases just sit dilapidated and 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 dying in the middle of hollywood like the founding fathers of hollywood would not have just sat still for this they would have taken it over and you know shown Made it made it some big uh, event event thing and had giant spectacles there all the all the time and I was just I was just thinking about uh, there was a story today that IMAX they they put up for sale tickets to to show upcoming shows of Oppenheimer they said if you buy you buy these tickets at at some certain price will include a frame of the actual uh, film and it sold out instantly like in under two hours uh, they they were all sold out I saw it's just you know this is showmanship. Figure out ways to, to to make things spectacles, to make things bigger, to turn things into life instead of like letting one of your premier places just sit there dying. Like what message does that send about this industry to people when they visit Hollywood? When they the message does that send to the people who work in this industry that like that that's how much we care about what we do, that we let one of our premier places just sit there dying. That's right in the middle. I mean, pretty close to the heart of Hollywood tourism section, too, right, yes. Richard? I mean, you know, it's, it is that place where people go to Sunset and Vine. It's yeah. uh, doesn't get more Hollywood. It's, than it's, that. it's where it all started. Blocks of blocks away from uh, the original studios, and it's it's a tragic thing. And as I are, this current generation of uh, of leadership just never misses an opportunity to miss an opportunity. Just has has accountants' hearts. Uh, to the core and that that and come back to that at every crisis we faced in the last decade i will say ironically that uh no offense the, to accountants in the audience uh, <laughs> wonderful people richard's a big fan my uh, uncle uh, my uncle mike is an accountant too oh well look okay pulling out Great. okay richard you have been listening to too many earnings calls uh <laughs> <laughs> i will say ironically that the i think two-year renovation that netflix did on the paris theater is done and the paris theater in new york is reopening uh labor day weekend with a series of 70 millimeter they have a 70 millimeters state-of-the-art screening system reviving one of new york's theater palaces so maybe there is hope richard that someone else will step in whether it's netflix or somebody else and uh, take care of it in la i just saw there there there's another story this week that uh, fathom events had a had a Coraline day Who, who thinks about Coraline? Ever, but they 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 had their 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 all time record with uh, with Coraline. Coraline made five million dollars in the last week. Wow! Get creative. 
the uh, the opportunities out there. So we'll see who shows up for uh, Stray Beetle. Elaine, I should probably stop saying that, right? That's not. You probably should. Sean. I probably should for my own. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, for Blue Beetle and Strays this weekend. I will be covering all of the results in my box office breakdown on Monday morning in the Wake Up newsletter, which you can get by subscribing to The Angler at theangler.com, which gets you the full suite of newsletters and podcasts. And of course, as I said, you can get uh, Elaine's Strike Guys newsletter over at strikeguys.com. That one, of course, totally free. Uh, I'm sure there'll be more developments to uh, to capture in the week ahead. Um, and of course, follow The Angler at The Angler on the socials. Pleasure to see you both. And uh, thank you for listening. We'll see you next week.